0: Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy Award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam
1: Perry. Hey, welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. I am really, really glad that you are joining us again today because I have a guest who has been a radio host for over 20 years. So as you know, I love books. I love books. I love authors. And I love promoting authors. And so I met Mark which has a cool cool name because it's M-A-R-C, I met Mark Metley probably 20 years ago. So Ministry Marketing Solutions is celebrating 20 years. And I probably met him year one because he was the one that had a show that featured authors. So before I bring, you, bring him up, I want to actually share a little bit about his promo from his show so that you can kind of hear what I'm talking about. And uh, then I'll bring up Mark Metley. So here we go.
2: Where else can you learn from authors from around the world and be inspired by an unsurpassed mix of gospel music? Nowhere but right here on Brave New Radio with your host, Mark Medley, from 6 to 9 a.m. each Saturday. Tune in to hear thought provoking discussions from authors of all genres on the reading circle, followed by an uplifting mix of music to start your weekend right. To so log on to gobrave.org or 88.7 FM each Saturday at 6 a.m. I promise you that you won't regret it.
1: Yep. Did we say Saturday at 6 a.m.? That is for sure. So we said Saturday at 6 a.m. And he has been doing that for 20 years. And I am so like, wow. Wow. Like 20 years for real. And that is, that is uh, commendable. First, I want to say congratulations on that. And it's live. So yeah. you got to be a committed author in order to come in there anyway, right? At 6 a.m. But the show is actually on um, WP88.7 FM. It's web-streamed around the world. And so think about this. So you were doing this pre-COVID, right? You were doing this. You were doing this. So when someone says web-stream, like, what is that? you know can you imagine what what is that what 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 kind of what kind of show was that so you love what you do you're a motivational speaker you're also a professional educator and you mentor young men because the school is an academy for young men leadership academy out of new jersey and you also have a lot of different degrees as well you love, school. You love reading So you have a bachelor's of arts degree in business administration. You also have a master's degree in corporate and organizational communications. And you have a master's, another master's, in educational leadership, as if that wasn't enough. You also studied leadership courses at Princeton and Harvard University. So this is a person that loves books, right? Loves reading. And he is also a husband, father, professional educator, radio talk show host, podcaster, speaker, writer. And he loves what he does. He also is a composer and musician and a proud member of the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity, the same one as MLK, right? And <laughs> beyond that, also, he is a part of the is a veteran of the U.S. Air Force, okay? So I was telling Mark before we started this show, I said, I love military men. I said, so they just have some kind of magic because all three of the men I've had on the show so far have been in the military in some ways, the Marines, the Army, and now the Air Force. So I told him I said, next, I'm going to have somebody raise their hand from the Navy. But <laughs> I am so glad to have you on. This is, you've had so many, I want to thank you. You've had so many of my authors on over the years, and I really appreciate it. And they showed up on time. Yes, they
2: did. And, and <laughs> I thank you. I thank you for having me on here tonight. And Uh, It's just been, it's been a wonderful ride. Had anyone told me in 2001 that I'd still be doing this in 2020, I would have probably looked at them like, "Uh, yeah, right. (laughs) But here we are.
3: (laughs) That
1: is. And so what made you start doing a radio show? Was someone, was it when you were in the Air Force? Was that like one of the things that you studied? Were you just always in communications and no music was your passion? So how did the radio show go about doing it for
2: authors? Because that was, that was new. Well, it's, it's, Pam, when I tell you it was a fluke and it was great. It's one of those things in terms of, if you read any of law of attraction or self-help, any of those type of books, they tell you write down your goals in a journal. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. something about putting things in writing makes them come Real. to life. Well, this is what happened. I was a campaign manager for a friend of mine who was running for school board. And the particular studio that I'm in now, the station that I'm in now, I was waiting out in the lobby and they had a sign on the bulletin board that said, do you want a radio show? Uh-huh. Now, I thought I was the only one in the lobby. So I was in there goofing around saying, yeah, I want a radio show. Yeah, I want a radio show. And I was saying it out loud. And a week or so later, I was in my daughter's school. And this gentleman comes up to me and says, why didn't you call me? And I said, call you for what? He says, you said you wanted a radio show. I put one together for you. Now, I had no idea he was listening or even in the studio. Had no idea. He said, I've been looking for someone to host a show on books. You were a teacher. I thought you'd be perfect for it. So the show started originally. It was on Friday and Saturday nights from midnight to 1 a.m. A new station manager came in and said, don't you think it would be better if it was in the morning? So then it moves to Friday from 6 to 730. And then a few years after that, it moved to where it is now, Saturday from 6 to 9. And,
1: and that works a little bit better because you were still yeah. a teacher and still a principal.
2: Exactly. So, I mean, I mean, when I was doing the 6 to 7.30 on Fridays, I would literally do the studio and leave there and go to the school. Right. Many Authors who interviewed with me locally, I would ask them, do me a favor. What are you doing after the show? They go, I'm going to get breakfast or whatever. So do me a favor, come with me to my school and meet my students. And, come and The students would lose their minds to see the photo of the author on the back of the book. Yes, yes, I'm like, that's that, but they. I mean, it was a lot of fun during that time as well.
1: So one of the main things when you talk about an author, the back of the book, back in early 2000, Mark, really a lot of authors were considered celebrities because self-publishing was not really a thing that people did. And in order to be an author, you really have to go through a publishing house and then the publishing house gives them that celebrity status. Right. So for you to bring someone that's like a celebrity to the classroom, you pretty much like had the, the brownie points. Right. Because you were doing that. And then tell me how you were finding the authors. How were they pitching you? Because we're talking about getting out there and getting known. Uh, an author writes a book. They can't be the world's best kept secret. So how do they find you? And then how were they pitching you? What was that process like?
2: Well, see, this is this again. Everything has a story. And, and this is another one of those stories. Well, years ago, when this social media platform, MySpace came out for the kids.
1: Oh, my God. Yes.
2: <laughs> for, I just had absolutely no use for it whatsoever. And then when the other social media platforms came out, I still hadn't given it to a thought till one day, you know, it finally hit me. Wait a minute. I can use this to advertise and to promote the show. So once I started promoting the show on all the various social media sites, whether it was LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, on down the line. Now folks started seeing what my show was about. So they either would reach out to me or I would reach out to them because the really great thing. And you would know this particularly being in PR is once people, you know, again, like you were just talking about authors being seen as celebrities, radio show hosts and TV people, for whatever reason, are seen that way, too. So whenever I would reach out to somebody saying I'm a radio show host, they would respond. <laughs> and, right. And it would be just a matter of, and of scheduling the date because the show was early. It's just only been since the last maybe two years that I moved the guests up to 7 a.m. But up until then, the guest slot was 6 a.m. And I would literally have authors calling in from the West Coast. It would be 3 o'clock. Oh, my in God. The morning. Yes. It's, oh my 6 God. o'clock in the morning here. And we but still didn't yeah. happen. And that's what they call terrestrial
1: radio. Just so that people will know terrestrial radio is really in studio. You have an engineer. You have a producer, probably. do you have screeners? Did
2: you have screeners? I actually, you know, to be honest with you, for me, because of the way the studio is set up, I'm a one-man show. I have total autonomy. Oh, my goodness. I get a chance to produce it, be the honor, talent, write it, the questions, everything. I get a chance to do all of it.
1: So this is a skill that basically is like, what a journalist would do on the job. So you have done this over 20 years, in addition to being a principal, but doing this as well. Have any of your students expressed, um, I guess you would say some interest of, of interning or wanting to be on the radio or shadow you for a day or any of that type of thing?
2: Some of them have, as a matter of fact, at one point we actually did a field trip up there. I actually had the students come up one Saturday morning and they hung out with us for a little while. The station manager and some of the other station folks gave them a tour and and, and showed them the board and all those type of things. And interestingly enough, last week, because we can do things just like we're doing right now, um, I actually had a Saturday academy, a Saturday school, and it started at nine o'clock. My shift ended at the station at nine. So I just stayed there and we did the Google meet or the Zoom from there. And I had a chance to take the camera around and say, kids, out on Saturday mornings. (laughs)
1: And show in the studio. Right. So so Mark, this this 2020 has been a different year. So with you being a teacher, and then also in that New York, New Jersey, you were hotspot. How has the pandemic affected how you work. Do you still go into the studio? Did you stop going into the studio at one point and you were doing it primarily from your, your home studio or how was it working?
2: This year was the longest i had ever been off the air in the history of the show in the 20 year period. Wow. Actually, when the pandemic hit in March, mm-hmm. we closed the studio down and the studios closed down and we were call back in in September. Wow. In the 20 years, time I had not been off the air that long. I would take a vacation every now and again, like if I'm away a Saturday here or there, but never for that extended period of time. Wow. Uh, in terms of the pandemic and school, that's a whole different candle or ball of wax, if you will, because originally we were supposed to start in September as a hybrid, but because, as you said, New Jersey being a hot spot in our district, we just went totally virtual.
3: Mm.
1: And so you said people are using Google Hangouts as well as Zoom.
2: That's right. We're on Google Classroom. Okay. Google Classroom, the boys, they, I mean, because I have an all the single gender school, all boys mm-hmm. and uh, the boys are online every day with their teachers.
1: Wow. That is different. Who would have thought that you would have saw that in 2020? that in itself so tell me so we're talking about the reading room so you know i love books so let's talk about some of the books that you promote that have been the most inspiring or some of the author interviews that have been the most uh how, how do i say the author that has come on has been that really killed it okay you know what i said the, the author that came on that really killed it i know kevin wayne johnson a uh, previous client of mine he comes on your show a lot and he yes. has he can hold all He can hold on his own. Yes. Um, but give me some other ones of what they do differently in order for an
2: author to show up and and shine.
1: just really just show up and shine so they get invited back.
2: That's interesting that you mentioned Kevin, because uh, Kevin came on with his first book, and we actually both lived in New Jersey at the time when he came on. he was down in the that Somerset area, and I knew that area well. And we still keep in touch with each each other. But to answer your question, if if there is an answer for it, It's been 20 years. I've seen so many authors and all of them. Some of them have become close connections that I've stayed in touch with and some I've lost touch to a degree. But the beauty of this is I've had the opportunity to interview local as well as international, those with Fame and those with no fame, low profile and high profile. I mean, I've had folks mm-hmm. on the show, uh Thelma from Good Times. I don't know if you remember her. I've, I've oh, had, i definitely uh, know Thelma. I've yeah. The show. I've had Judge Hatchet on the show, Nikki Giovanni, I've yeah. had, uh Newt Gingrich's daughter, Jackie. I've had Omar Tyree. Yeah, had, Omar I mean, Tyree. What happened to Omar Tyree? Tyree. He's But again, so it's it's range from folks like that to folks that are local, truly local, like within my city. My guest this past Saturday is someone I've known since I was in my 20s and she wrote a book. And and again, talking about how do you get known, that's how you start. You may start on a local radio station like I'm in and then folks hear that. they move their way up Uh, with the advent of social media such as youtube where we can archive folks can always uh, go back and see and listen and say hey i want to get that person i want to interview that person yeah would you come on my show
1: yes that's leverage and that's what i really try to impress some people in my ready set go speak community of how to leverage any media interview so talking to you would be like talking to steve harvey it doesn't matter Where the show is, you show up and you shine and you allow the host to interview you. You don't hold a full court like I'm just going to spill off all of my book onto the person. It's an interview. And so because your shows are on YouTube, which is the second largest search engine, people can Google that that author's name and find them on your show. And that stays there forever that stays Uh, I'm have.
2: i still I'll get comments now on shows that was done in 2014 that Mm -hmm. were archived every now and again somebody will go through and I'll see a comment come up on a show that was done from an author who appeared in 2014 I'm like wow they were actually searching through so you're right it never goes away Mm -hmm. and my authors always share with them they always have an open invite to come back if they have any new work or anything just email me or call me and -hmm. we'll get you schedule
1: and your show is an hour it's an hour so they really have to (laughs) you've got to do the research, you've got to really have some questions. Do you think it's good for an author that is doing a book tour to have questions already prepared to give
2: to those? I've done both because on my show it's extremely conversational, just like we're talking right now. It's extremely, as a matter of fact, my next question generally is generated from the response of the previous question. Mm -hmm. However, I I do give that offer whenever we connect up front, that if you do have something you want me to touch on or hit specifically, let me know and I'll work it in. Mm -hmm,
3: mm -hmm. Do you read
1: most of the book or all of the books that the, from the authors that um, you're pitched?
2: I usually wind up reading the entire book after the interview. I skip right to the interview. I've gone through chapters. There are certain things that will catch my eye that I'll question them about. Sometimes what's written on the back of the book or in the front cover, something that's said there. But usually I get a chance to read their books from cover to cover after the interview. Wow,
1: that is amazing. So I have a couple of books like this one here, Learning to Be. This is one by Juanita Rasmus. And, And this one was in production for about two or three years, but it happened to come out the year 2020. And it talks about finding your center after the bottom falls out. Okay. So in 2020, a lot of folks bottom fells out. Oh yes. So so this the thing about this book that makes it unique or or has a little bit more cachet is because the forward is by Tina Knowles Lawson. Tina Knowles, Beyonce Knowles, Mama. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this makes it a really like people like, hmm, because she was a pastor of Beyonce and oh. Tina and the whole Knowles family. So this is what, and it talks about her dealing with depression and how she came out of it. So this book is really kind of different from that standpoint and, and that's like an angle. There's um, like one of my um, other clients here, Lead Like a Woman. It's just a leadership book talking about women, but what's different about this is that it has a, uh, the, you look at the endorsements, right? So it's endorsed by Michelle McKenna, who's a CIO of the National Football League, uh-huh. Valerie Burton, endorsed by her. Valerie's
2: wow, been um, on the show.
1: Yes, I love Valerie. Uh-huh. The previous client as well. There's someone named Kathleen Cook from the Cook Group and the Cook Media Group of people that produce um, Joe Lowstein and Joyce Myers media uh, shows. There's someone who's from the executive team of John Maxwell, Chris Robinson. So it kind of gives you where they can locate people like, well, who is this book about? Who Who, who knows them? And I always tell authors, I said, if they, if someone doesn't know you find someone that somebody else knows so that they can say something good about you because nobody knows you. And that just makes a difference of whether you're going to say, oh, okay, I, I I, locate them I, I know where they're coming from. And it's not that every book you have to have like a famous endorsement, but at least if it's a Christian book, probably have your pastor give you an endorsement, something like that, that gives you an idea of like where they're coming from, because there's nothing worse than having a book on and it's like. Hmm. So where did this book come from? It's just like I would say sometimes writers just write in a cave and then they come <laughs> out of the cave. They're like, okay, my book is done. It's like, ooh, you should have liked a little bit of a cross promotion with other people or just connecting or have some buzz going before the book is out. Not like my book is out next week. Okay, well, could you give us a little bit more notice? Right. Yeah. 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 So, so when you see that people are um, press kits and things like that, when they're pitching them, what are the good? What are the bad? What is? What have you seen?
2: Well, I tell you again, and folks like you and Nikki Wood, Mm -hmm. uh, you are like for me. Whenever one of you all reach out to me, I don't have to vet it. If you said it, they're good. It's just a matter of getting. Because we have to vet it first, because we don't want to (laughs) to be we don't want to uh,
1: embarrass you. And uh, yeah, definitely. Cause that's, that's one of the main things, Mark. I'm glad you see that and appreciate that because when we do um, promote a book, we want to make sure that they come correct, that the cover looks good, that they have the right bio, they have the photos, they have the sound bites. If you need questions, we give you, because we want to make sure that when we give you a client to, you know, to put on the air, that it's someone you like. And then they do good. Then the next person that we share with you is good. But if if one person messes it up for us, it messes it up for everybody.
2: Well, thankfully <laughs> because of your reputation, it wouldn't for me. It was like, okay, right. we, but we haven't had that yet though. But yeah. in terms of, again, somebody to represent like that, because like I said, I, right off the top of my head, you and Nikki come to mind right off the bat. Like anytime you all email or pick up the phone, whoever you have, nope, they're on. I don't have to look. But it's interesting enough, you said something about the cover, because I do cover that. And usually, we usually talk covers somewhere throughout the interview mm-hmm. in terms of color choice, what was on the cover, you know, what was the behind it. So yep. there, I were right there. Okay, they're that's color. right. So, so we, we get into all that. Like, was there a double meaning there? Did you mean something? So those, those are the type of things we do talk about in the interview. That is so good. Because
1: sometimes um people can have very provocative titles. Everyone's trying to rise above the noise and it's just so much media, social media, and this and that. So there'll be provocative names, and sometimes they're cuss words that you may not want to say on the air because your show is for kids, right? So it's like, okay, but do you want to use that? Well, that's the name that okay. All right. Well. You know that if it's an X-rated title or some words, we might not can go on the Christian station. You know what I'm saying? It's like (laughs) certain ones. Like we don't want to send those kind of mixed messages. So people have to live with the choices that they make for those titles. And and I'm very rarely do I tell an author they have to change the title. I will give them some ideas and I'll say, look at the the bestsellers that are on the New York Times bestseller list. Do you see anything similar to what you have? I mean, is it you know, just to so get some benchmarks, not that you have to copy. I said, but do you think it? you know, you got like 14,000 words in your title is, have you seen anything like that? You know? So, <laughs> so yeah. So tell me about your other career, your music career. So
2: artists, do you have artists on as well on the reading circle or is it just. Now it? And again, and I've, I've reached out to every There's a few, a couple I've reached out to and, and we've connected and we've never been able to get it off. But every now and again, actually I do in terms of, because Again, it's a story as to why I'm between two formats. I'm actually, I do the gospel music, mm-hmm. an hour, the interview, and then go back to the gospel music. Now, the first hour, I may actually just do commentary because okay. um, it's kind of optional. And that started because in years past, the two hosts were two wonderful women, and they did the gospel music. They were older ladies, and you were talking earlier about producers and screeners and all that. We kind of do our own thing at the station, so they were very unfamiliar with the board. And okay. I would always call up and say, hit this button, do this, that, and the other. And then whenever I was moved to Saturday morning, when they were, they were thrilled.
1: You would like the board operator, I and mean, the producer. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> that's the I wasn't on the air, but I would do the board for them. Well, <laughs> one of them uh, became ill and couldn't do it anymore. And another, one, the other one became ill and ultimately passed away from cancer. And mm-hmm. so I wound up with the entire three-hour slot. So in honor of them, that's why I kept the gospel music.
1: Ah, I love it. And so does this, does this the show um, help with your career as far as being a motivational speaker? So people who have heard you on the air, people have seen how you do the commentary and that sort of thing. Does that help with you um, being booked as a speaker?
2: It does, especially because everything being recorded and I carved, archived, it works great in terms of if I have to turn anything in terms of auditions or in terms of just being able to hear speaking voice or what have you. Right. So, yes. And the fact again, for whatever reason, you know, even though it's a local radio show, it's still different in terms of you're on the air every Saturday morning. It's streamed, so you know people still kind of had that. It still has that little celebrity thing going on there, (laughs) whether it's the Steve Harvey level or not. It's still got that mix in terms of when people come across you to say, "Yeah, whenever." Matter of fact, when I'm introduced, I'm introduced as a radio show host. Well, yeah, you've been doing it for two
1: decades. That's pretty much like not someone just starting a podcast and I did four shows. Okay. You only did four shows, boo. So you are not a podcast. <laughs> yet. All right. It's just starting. Put in some time of that. Cause we did a podcast on blog talk radio years ago. You remember blog talk radio? Yes. Did that probably for three or four years. It just got really, really commercial. I, I didn't really like it. You All know, right. just too many, too much anyway. And then we moved to, um, another format where we did digital business acceleration, that was 52 shows. And that was like a year. And so the get out there, get known is basically kind of like what I talk about, which is what I love talking about promoting and promoting authors. So it's, I don't really see it going away. It may evolve into something different, but I always tell people, if you are a speaker, you need to have some kind of voice (laughs) online, whether it's your show, whether you are it being interviewed or you have some video or something that people can hear your voice. And because they Google your name, oh, okay. So I just heard oh Mark Medley, hmm, he wants to uh you know be the keynote speaker for MLK Day. Let's hear what he sounds like. And you Google and you Google and then you don't see anything. It's like, well I don't know what he sounds like. I want I, he, he looks good on paper, but I want to hear what he sounds like. And so that's when that's when you really you know, will stand out. It makes a difference in terms of people wanting to, to pick you over someone else because they hear your voice.
2: No, it really does. And in terms of, like you were saying about blog talk, whenever the show first started, we didn't have the webcasting or web streaming capability right. back in cool. 2001. We were truly, when I say local North Jersey, that was it. Mm-hmm. Web streaming came about and we were able to broadcast around the world on gobrave.org. That was another wonderful opportunity as well because now I started getting guests from over in Europe. And okay. other, you know, I've had a guest one time was from Guam, no, not Guam, it was I forget it was somewhere way they were like 14 hours ahead or something like that. Wow, but it opened up a, an entirely different market. And to your point earlier about the show being for kids, actually, the show is for everybody, it's for, for adults, kids. I mean, I've done uh, when I tell people about genres, I tell people I've done everything from Christian to erotica.
3: Wow <laughs>
2: wow you you name it I've had that type of author on there. Uh, I've done authors who've done children's books mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. authors who've done Christian books, authors who've done erotic books and you're right in terms of, it's interesting whenever the two kind of mix because I'll have a Christian author who may have a sex scene in the book and you know we'll tap dance around that, but they'll share how. Their, con- you know, their fellow congregants and even their pastor, how whenever the book was released and folks read it, one, they thought is, are you talking about yourself? And two, they kind of like started you know, backing off of them and, and making all kinds of crazy assumptions. So to your point, you do have to be very careful with titles and even what scenes you put in the book, depending on which genre you're appealing to.
1: That's really hard. It's, it's hard for a lot of the Christian authors that I've represented over the years, because I know that um, Kim Brooks had a, uh, a book series called He's Fine, But Is He Saved? And uh, it was kind of like a Christian version of a Terry McMillan waiting to exhale. And then she did another series. She won a three book deal. Well, he's saved, but is he for real? And uh, you know, and just really talked about sex scenes in an innuendo kind of a way, but you know what it was talking about because they were dating and that those are the situations that came up for single people you know today. And so many people are like, oh my god, you can't talk about the Christian. I was like, uh, this is part of life. She's gonna I mean, she's not like it's not like it's pornography. It is just she's talking in real life. It's a novel, but it's it's real issues that Christian singles deal with. So anyway, she had a lot of um pushback about talking about that subject and, and a lot of other ones. I Remember when Juanita Bynum had the book, um, No More yeah. Seeds? That yeah. Was, that was the first one where a woman broke out really talking about that in the church and she got a lot of
2: but see, this is where like whenever whenever I go down that road, because we really do have a lot of fun on the air. When I do go down that road and we do push it, we do push the envelope. Matter of fact, our moniker, our tagline is Brave New Radio. So we do kind of push it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have no problem with saying I don't get that. And I've been in church all my life. And it's like, well, how did we all get here then? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, he so that's by a beaster bunny. You know What, what is right, it? So where, <laughs> so when we go down that road, that's kind of where we get into. I don't quite understand that because we all, you know, our deacons are five, six kids, and so forth and so on. Like, okay, so we got here somehow. So I don't understand why it's always taboo. So we'll even go there with them, but mm-hmm. it is something to be mindful of. And, and authors have shared that as we've talked about it.
1: So I'm going to give you one last question and then we kind of wrap up. So you're a motivational speaker and you're also a, a jazz artist, jazz musician. Uh, you're a principal of a young men's academy, as well as a professional educator, radio talk show host, podcaster, all that kind of stuff. So books, obviously you love books. So name me um, a book by a motivational speaker that you like and admire or one that you really uh, look up to or or just say, if I could interview that person, that's who I would want to interview. So a, someone who's a motivational speaker, as well as an author. And usually they're always the same,
2: but uh, you haven't. Well, to- well, uh, that's that's a tough question for me, only because I've read so many books and I've heard so many different speakers, really, and I love them all. Mm-hmm. But one that immediately came to my, I happen to be sitting next to me right here, and I've been quoting him lately, uh, is Breaking the Chains of Psychological Slavery, and that's by Dr. Naeem Akbar. Ooh, at my, yes! Oh my so God, his so,
1: covers are a little bit sometimes out there, but he is one. And so, because you teach young men too, so right. that is one that is for sure right up there where they need to be. They they need to be learned on that. They really do. That he is he's so deep. I love yeah, it, and and that's why he
2: comes to mind because I've read him over again recently. Mm-hmm. But that's a tough question for me because I mean I, I I can honestly and truly say. All of my guests that I've had a chance to speak with, absolutely love them. Books that I've read. Um, at any given time, I'm, I'm in between 20, 30 books. And I've had the opportunity through the show to meet all sorts of people. I have Martin Luther King's <laughs> nephew on the show.
3: Oh, my God. Uh,
2: that is my like culture. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he ultimately, because of that connection, wound up being my commencement speaker at Graduation oh, this past
1: wow. year. You know. How would see That's It's pretty hard to live up to being Martin Luther King's nephew. So, how about <laughs> well, you know, it's got like people looking at him like, mm-hmm, <laughs> me
2: like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Isaac Farris Newton Jr., actually. And and yeah. he, I mean, I met so it's afforded me the opportunity again to meet people from all walks and motivational speaker wise. I mean, anybody in the King family, King's daughter, Bernice, oh, by far. I love, like you know, just eat, anything
1: she tweets. I just
2: love, but yes, yeah, she. Is awesome. I love
1: met her. her probably when I was pregnant about twenty five years ago. She's just amazing. First time I heard her speak, I I just cried. I just wept because I was like, she has anointing of right. her father. She, it's just, right. it came out, and I was like, but she was just such a baby when he passed. It's like. It's just it was just that I mean, she had it, and uh, for her to be the, the baby and the female, I thought was really good. What have you ever interviewed, um, Reverend Ron? I, I keep this book around, I love this book. This was one of those books where Reverend Ron wrote this book, uh, Words of Wisdom Daily Affirmations of Faith. And he, he used to sit in the tub and just really relax, and he would tweet, and then he would tweet some like little, you know. Just stuff. And people are like, this is really good. You should make it a book. And this book is so good. I mean, I I am just all into this book. I read it all the time. But it's just, I mean, simple little things. Be kind, smile, shake hands, slow down, and do love. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. You know, and I was like, this book is so it it stays on my um on my nightstand because it's just, you know, one of those things where it's like just really hits you, you know, the his type of thing. But I love him And he recently, I think it was last year, you know, before COVID, where I met him at a uh, book tour. And oh. I him on a talk radio, but him and his wife wrote a book together. And uh, I talked about blended families and all that kind of stuff. So that was real interesting. And I told him, I said, by far, I said, this book is... My favorite book. He says, "Yeah." He says, "You know, it didn't start out as a book." I said, "I know a whole story about it." <laughs> writing,
2: you write, you you were doing that stuff in the bathtub. You were tweeting in the bathtub. <laughs> I haven't read that yet, but he's actually been to my city. I, I want to say he's been to my church, but I know he's been to my city. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so I'll have to get down because this is the other thing. I start off the show reading from a book like that, a per- particularly like a perpetual. Um.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, what I've been using for years is a Yanla Van until today.
1: Acts of faith. Okay.
2: Yeah. Right. So until today, that's what, you know, cause it's by date is not by year. So whatever oh, date anyway. that Saturday falls on, that's what I open up with. So if his is something like that, I'm always looking for something to open the show with. It I'll is. Sure it's
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just really short little. There, there
2: little- it is. See, now I would open the show with that. It's yep. at six o'clock or a little after six. That's what I open up with.
1: Mm hmm. I'm, I'm in with this and then we're going to go this. So this is one from Reverend Run. It says, oh life isn't as hard as it seems. Here are some keys to unlock your success. Successful people shorten the distance for you. Become fascinated with them. Follow, pursue and study the path of those who have what you desire. If you have a combination to the lock, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh-huh. It will open.
2: I'm like, okay. Right yeah, you <laughs> okay, that's not that. I would definitely start my show
1: with something like that because I'm an old hip hop person anyway. So you know, I like stuff like that anyway. I'm a, What they call? I'm an OG. <laughs> But we, I think I'm older than you, but we're in that same area. <laughs> that's the same area. We remember that, right? It's like that's, that's what right. used to be right now. It's different. So, yeah. yeah. Right. So I know with you teaching kids, you you probably have seen the whole evolution of music. anyway. Oh, yeah. 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 But um, Mark, how can people get in touch with you, especially authors, if they want to pitch you? And um, how can they get in touch with you so that they can? possibly be on your show
2: certainly it's come through you that's one Uh, secondly you can go to my website markamedley.com it's everything Mm -hmm. together no spaces m-a-r-c-a-m-e-d-l-e-y.com if you go there you can reach me you can contact me there because there's a contact page in there so that's pretty much the hub if they go there they can leave a message. Let me you know. They can call our eight hundred number. Uh, let's see, eight hundred five eight eight six one nine two. They can call that. Leave a message there. But uh, or they can just Google my name, like you said earlier. It's mm-hmm. with a C. M A R C. My husband's name is is Mark with the C. So it's Mark.
1: It's like the French way of saying. That's correct you know so it's like <laughs> mark, okay all right all right well mark thank you so much for joining me today this has been a delight i am so happy to have you on and i want to have you back and we can maybe next time we can do like some authors and we can like tag sure. team and or something like that maybe we'll have uh, reverend have on. who knows
2: okay <laughs> thank you so much for having me on and you know you have an open invite to appear on my show as well and like i said you are like a pipeline. You, Nikki Woods, you two right off the bat. Pipeline. We, whatever.
1: We've been doing this for a while. We love doing what we do, helping other people get to shine. So, All yeah, right. very good. Thank you. And I'll talk to you okay. soon.
2: All right. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com, where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to pamperrypr.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch in order to be considered in media places or superstar stages. Pamperrypr.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.